The 2023-24 hockey season is in full swing, and your Dallas Stars need you at American Airlines Center to help bring the intensity. Shot, tip, score! Don't miss your chance to experience the electrifying environment that Texas hockey has to offer this season. From huge hits to savage saves, American Airlines Center is the place to be as the Stars look towards the Stanley Cup. Secure your seats today at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. Okay, everybody, how can you miss us if we never go away? So here we are, back with a fresh, rested, and resplendent Podman Rush for January the 5th, 2024. Mike, Happy New Year and a belated Happy New Year to all you Podman consumers out there. And to you as well, Daryl. No, oh, thank you. I was waiting for that. There's a little delay. Like you didn't I'm really just mean saying, uh, you know, we're getting old and these, we got to start cherishing these New Year's. Hey, do you, do you know what I was thinking of? Last night at the game, they, they were pumping out, and this started earlier, but they were pumping out the new Stars 2024 calendar. Yes. With their pets, all proceeds like going to the Dallas Stars Foundation, so it's a wonderful cause. But it got me. Do you remember that calendar shoot with the Dallas Zoo animals <laughs> way back in the day? I, I, I kind of do, but yes, it was it was very interesting for the players, I believe. Well, there was an attack. Was it Madonna that got cut? Who got cut? I, I thought I thought Belfour attacked one of the bears or whatever. No, no, somebody. I'm, I'm kidding. Somebody got all scratched up. Was it Mo? May have been. I couldn't remember. It was like in the late aughts or thereabouts. Was it not? Somewhere I in that know. time? But it was the last time they did a Dallas Zoo calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe Mo wanted, wanted to pose with a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of those like uh, oslets or something they brought in. Uh, those big wild cats and it went nuts in there. Or maybe it was a different animal. Somebody needs to get to the bottom of this because i i just had the the epiphany i just remembered just popped in that was crazy times like there it was it was a bad scene in there not as bad we could get a hold of mike madonna i don't know how we're gonna do that there'd be that too i'm not sure it was mike though i don't want to get it wrong okay Uh, the 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 blood splattering on the walls wasn't as bad as when darian had his his calf cut when we were in edmonton when it looked like they slaughtered wild game in the room after. And by the way, along that, I've really taken this down a path here. Happy New Year, doll. Yeah, well, (laughs) by the way, the NHL now has stipulated that every team has to have what is known as a trauma room. And, you know, four instances like, like that. Not so much the calendar thing, but when Darian got cut by a skate, and it has to be a certain distance from the ice and both teams able to use it, which is a really good idea. It is a great idea. But uh, And, and they've it, hired De- Dexter to be a blood splatter yeah, uh, expert okay. for them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, I think I believe it, it stems from the Hamlin incident in football in the NFL, and then they went to that and the NHL adopted it. Anyway, that, that went way off course there. I, I was meaning to get into the biggest stories of the year in Starsland. Ah. And since we have been off 
on a hiatus uh, for a couple of weeks, almost like we've been suspended or something, Mike. Uh, but we are back. What would your biggest stories of the year be for the stars? To me, the number one is Jason Robertson and those numbers. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like I have to go through and, and you know, uh, kind of just mark and, and write about all these great seasons and everything. And the amount that he exceeded every great season in quote unquote Dallas stars history yeah. is phenomenal. I, the best season was 91 points from Madonna and, and Richards. And I mean, he just blew past that. Um, so the fact that he was first team all-star that he uh, eclipsed a hundred points. I mean, it's, it's, you can't, you can't make too big a deal out of that. It was a huge year for him. Yeah. I, he's at the top of my list. I have him. I have Miro Haskinen just for the records that he broke. Yes. You know, broke a 30-plus-year-old assist record for a defenseman for the franchise and broke Sergei Zubov's single-season record for points in Dallas Stars history. Uh, it was a spectacular year for the two of them. I also doubled his own in, point total. I mean, that's to me, it's impressive. Like, who who does that? Who doubles their point total? Oh, Miro, yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I think Robertson ended up being the only Dallas star who averaged a point a game or more in the calendar year. Uh, it surprised okay. me a little bit, but yeah, because of Joe and and uh, yeah. Rope. Yeah, but he was the he was the only one. Uh, so the, those two individuals, the the three rounds of playoffs, getting to the conference final, I thought was a major, major highlight. And then you you actually have to kind of press forward a little bit too with the Duchesne signing. Yep. And it's proved to be a bonanza. And on the business side of things, all the sellouts. I mean, they've they've sold out the lower bowl. They've, uh, I think, sold out the, the platinum level. I look up there you know, 20 minutes into uh, a game, because I always give them a little leeway for the first period. Yeah, 7 o'clock starts. Yeah, a little early in that. But I look up, and man, there are Stars fans and hockey fans packed to the gills. Like, I mean, to the rafters at American Airlines Center every single night. Every night. My family got to come on New Year's Eve. Thank you, Dan Stuckel and Star staff. Uh, and they said, well, is it, is it going to be sold out? And I said, it's sold out every night. He goes, you mean every New Year's? And I go, no, every night it's sold out. Yeah. And they were shocked by that because I, I think people just don't think hockey's a big deal here in Texas. It is sold out and filled every single night. Yeah. Again, and I, I think... I think they've talked about this a few times. I know that that Brad Alberts, the president of the Stars, has has brought it up too, and it's a good point that it feels like right now, like right in the moment that we're in, is the first time in a long time where you look at it and you're like, it feels as though the hockey department and the hockey side and the business side are simpatico. Yes. You know, like like the team's really good and the business is really good. Uh, and, and that, that hasn't happened around here for a while. So it's a, it, I think it's a really good deal. And that's one of my highlights of the year. The most memorable, unfortunately, and for all the wrong reasons, if you're just looking at, at games, th- there were major positive games. The one where Pavelski came back and rattled off four goals immediately, uh, comes to mind, but it's tough to overlook game three of the Western conference final. Yeah just because of 
you know, the hope of a second cup died in a matter of, what was it, like three minutes, six yep. minutes? Uh, the captain was gone. They're down three to nothing in, in games and on the way to going or in the game and then on their way to going down three love in the series. So that was that was one of those flashpoints within the year that you're just like, man, man, all the work, all the effort, the distance they'd traveled and psh, felt yeah. like it was. Gone. I'll even go back so, to game two. I mean, I thought that was in the bank. I thought it was a one one series coming back to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny this hockey thing, especially playoff this, hockey. Hey, can I give not, you another aside? Another great win. story. You can, Mike. Please do. The, the people are waiting. They are. Uh, Jim Nell's season or year was amazing, and the, I mean, obviously, he was honored as the best GM. But the fact that they were able to juggle that cap thing last year, add Domi and Adonoff, and then reset in the summer, and then do the free agency that they did. Um, you know, we talk about simpatico. Uh, I just think he's hitting his stride, you know, a decade in and, and it's, it's a really nice thing to see. And then you obviously looking at the draft picks that are down, down playing in the AHL and everything. I mean, it, you literally can say Jim Nill's one of the top, whatever, three, five GMs in the league. And, and that's not just because he won the award, but you know, where he has this organization going forward. Are you looking to move into the hockey department or something, Mike? You're really uh, polishing the boots here. You know, Jenks, Jenks is dropping the ball a little bit, and I think I could do better. No, point well taken. I include Jim Neal in hockey department yes, on my side. It's, it's an important part. Of. Yes, good point. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, New Year's Eve games, which, which I've always appreciated and liked. And we had another one uh, this year. There haven't been that many lately, which – is an oddity, but it driven out of COVID and the fact that they played in an outdoor game, the winter classic in 2020. So there haven't been a lot of them. And to be honest with you, there haven't been a lot of truly memorable ones lately. They've been, they've sort of shellacked some lesser beings yes. on new year's Eve. It almost feels like homecoming in, in uh, high school football or something, you know, you bring in a team, you know, you're going to paste. Uh, it's not really that way, but it's turned out that way the last little bit. With that said, and the Stars have had home games since 1997, and it's been very lucrative uh, point-wise, win-wise for the Stars. But with all the, I guess, professional traffic on Christmas Day, the NFL has, has more than dipped its toe into that. They've taken over Christmas Day. It used to be the NBA thing. Yeah. Uh, should hockey also go on Christmas Day or maybe at least play on Boxing Day on the 26th just to take advantage of of everyone sitting around and you have sort of a captive audience, if you will, with, with people getting together and not a lot going on? And uh, why don't we sit around and have some eggnog and, and plow our way through uh, a couple of hockey games. I heard your musings on the ticket this morning, and I agree with, I think those are great ideas to have cities where the two teams are located, New York, Los Angeles, and have the teams play each other so they can still both be home, uh, but it can also provide entertainment for the hockey fans. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want anybody traveling. I, I don't want right. that. I, I, you know, the, I, I just don't want that. You shouldn't have to leave on on uh, Christmas Day to go somewhere. But if you 
if you're just in the city, so you have the Ducks and the Kings play each other and you have the Rangers and the Devils or the Rangers and the Islanders or the Islanders and the Devils, whatever it is out there where they can go and play the game and then be back home that, that same night. Maybe it's something to think, but I don't know. I like having it's, a, it's an interesting I like point because time I, off too, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, no, it was no, funny. I, mean, I, was, I don't mean me. I, I mean just just a little just a little break over the, over that holiday, and it does kind of allow hockey to to take uh, more of a uh, noticed focus on the World Junior Tournament. Yes, uh, you know how much that plays in. I don't know, but uh, it's kind of a thing that begins on Boxing Day and always has. Uh, anyway, just a just a thought, man. Did you see the numbers though with the NFL? I mean, they've just smashed the NBA. It, the NFL smashes everybody, but yeah, they decided to play on Christmas Day, and it was like poof. <laughs> if you look down at like just the actual television show ratings, the an NFL game is typically you know what seven of the top ten or something like that. Like just any television show that's being showed, oh NFL God, games I, are yes. They're, they're, they're pretty it, good. They, yes, they own the the screens. I mean, I believe they own the, I top they own the day of the week. If you, yeah, you know do. that, do you know that <laughs> they line? used to just own one, but now they're getting greedy. Yeah, now they're they own. No, but it was a great line. It said, "It used to be God used to own it, but now the NFL does." <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. It's a great line. Oh, uh, good line. So, uh, more currently speaking, stars are winless in twenty twenty four. Mike. Oh no. Yeah. Time to panic. Isn't that what they, everyone does on the, on the debate shows now? Hey, they have well, a game would. in 2024. Is it time to panic? Well, and uh, they are missing two of their best players too, Daryl. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, that was the other thing. Miro Haskinen left last night's game. And it, man, when, when he got buckled underneath of Scott Wedgwood, it didn't look good. Um, I don't, you know, I hope it's mild. Did you get any? Pete, Pete DeBoer said week to week. Now yeah. he he's interesting in his his optimism. He goes, "Well, he's not gone for the season." <laughs> what? Well, that yeah. is a good thing, and he doesn't need surgery, but he's listed as week to week. So I guess well, we'll see. I mean, what happened needing- with Jake also was you know bad, and and it seems like he's knocking on the door to coming back right now. So not needing surgery is is a very positive statement. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just a scope, which means, you know, something got sprained right. and uh, it just needs some time to heal. So week to week, Jake's been out for what, three weeks now? Yeah, I think so. And seems to be on the cusp of his return, was named to the 2024 All-Star Game in T.O. Uh, I'm so happy for him with that. As I stated Earlier today, I'm not so sure everybody else is thrilled with it <laughs> coming off an injury and having to go deal with three on three. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great feather in his cap, and it's a draft, right? This year, it's not just uh, yeah, the divisions. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah, I try to keep up on it to a certain point. I'm just happy for. I'll be honest with you. I'm just happy for our guys when they get named, and that's yes. about my interest level of the all-star game. Yeah. And, I used to uh, be when I was younger, but mm, it's kind of faded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with Miro, the, the team, he's the team MVP, right? Yes. Cause he plays so much 
Uh, and th- I know in past they've, they've done fine work in absorbing his loss from the lineup. Uh, but most of those have been extremely short term. Correct. And it, this is not going to be that it's going to be a little longer term. And they're going to ask some of these other guys on defense to, to sop up the the void or, or uh, squeeze the void a little bit and sop up the minutes and, and band together. And, and they're going to need great goaltending in, in behind there. He's just where, where, where it impacts most is Miro's. Well, he's the number one, he's the fulcrum on the number one power play, but he's also extremely adept at getting the puck out of the star zone and getting it into the other team zone, which is almost the primary thing that coaches and teams focus on in today's NHL. Yeah. It's the best defense. The best defense is playing with the puck in the offensive zone and he's great at it. And then that's one of the reasons the stars last season were one of the best defensive teams in the league. Indeed. So he goes out of the lineup and it appears that barring a setback that Jake's coming back into the lineup and Jake Ottinger will be the first uh, midseason all-star uh, goaltender the stars have pumped out since Turco. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like they've, you know, they've had poor net minding. They've had no uh, good net minding through the years, but congrats to him again. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny just looking at, the fact that Miro has gone and Jason is gone and, you know, it, it's a pretty good draft when you're pumping out yeah, three all-stars from one draft. Yeah, it's nice when you have three all-stars from 2017. Uh, and five years, you know, after it or whatever. So eight, whatever yeah. it would be, seven years after. But yeah, it, it's it's fantastic for him. And I think the experience is going to be great because he's a guy who appreciates that. He's a guy who really, I think, loves the hockey culture. Uh, you know, whereas Miro might go there and it's a little bit different, but I think Jake's really going to soak up being around those players. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has coming out party against Calgary a couple of playoffs ago, and now this is just another level of it and hopefully a step up toward, you know, being a Stanley cup champion. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing, speaking of comebacks, and it seems like he's coming back into the lineup here, uh, soon it's the season of the multi-goal rally in the NHL. And the Stars are the best team at it. They they just keep playing. Rarely do they change. They they have a little bit. Their their coach uh, Pete DeBoer has has jockeyed some lines around a little bit to great effect, but they don't seem score affected in the way they play. Like they, for the most part, they don't get panicky down there, and and that includes some young guys. Obviously, they're a veteran team. There are no rookies on the. Dallas Stars this year. And I love lead change hockey. I'm going to get on my uh, my Razor box here, which isn't really a thing, but a Razor-torial, if you will. I love lead change hockey. Years ago, when physicality was first starting to kind of fade, drift a little bit from the NHL, it's not as physical a sport as it once was. And my observation was that an uptick in offense and an increase in lead changes had to fill that void, right? Because if, yeah. if, you're, if they're not going to caveman each other out there, well, then you're like, okay, well, is it still going to be the team that scores first is going to win the game and nobody comes back when they're trailing after the first period even? 
And that's not the case now. Like, like teams can barely hang on when they're ahead. Like we, we've seen it both ways with the stars. Uh, We've seen it in both games against Colorado. And last night we saw it almost the night before when Montreal was in here and the stars, you know, went to the riding crop and redlined things late and just about got it to overtime. Uh, but I, I think it's an important thing. And I love the fact that that games are swinging back and forth, up by two, down by two, up by a goal, down by a goal, and then ultimately uh, a victor at the end of it. No, 100%. And, you know, what's interesting is when you look back at the olden days, the numbers were so shocking. Like scoring first, you win 90% of the time. Mm. If you're leading after two periods, you win 95% of the time. And it's just not that way anymore. And it's, it's wonderful to tell you the truth. I mean, when you look back at the last 10, 15 games, oh, my gosh. I mean, you think about the, the Nashville game. You know, and then the, you know, pile on that with the Montreal and almost winning that. Uh, Marchman had a, a backhand that, what, missed the net with a yeah. 10 seconds left or whatever. Like, these are just, as a fan, you can't get much better than this for December, January hockey. It's amazing. No. Uh, and and a lot of tight games here now and that. I, I just looked at the last 16 games the Stars have played, nine of them. Uh, have been won or lost by a single goal. And then yep. the other seven, the margin of victory is three goals or more. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, it's either nip the opposition or blow them out uh, yeah. one way or the other. And, I, you know, it's not exclusive to the Stars where they're the only team that is overcoming these deficits. But, man, it's it's exhilarating to watch. And it's a wonderful thing that I think builds up within a group where they're like, yeah, we're down by two, we're down by three, but all is not lost. Like we've done this before. We can do this again. Lessons learned from uh, things past. And I always believe that teams are somewhat a, a reflection of the guys behind their bench and the coach. And when you have a guy like DeBoer in behind the stars bench, who, I mean, he doesn't show much emotion whatsoever. Uh, and you know, good or or bad. There's there's not. It's very analytical how he's he's uh, coaching the game. There's not a lot of run up and down the bench, patting guys on the back and charging them up and all that. They they just play. They're well, extremely well prepared, and they play. I'm sure there is some of that going on in behind closed doors, but they're 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 a very even keel team when they play. You know, between intermissions, from the drop of the puck to the final buzzer in the first the second and the third they they need to be a little better in first periods but uh for the most part uh, I, li- I like the way they conduct themselves and i think it feeds their ability to come back in these games yeah i think the the relationship between uh, pete and and uh oh my god my brain's freezing here uh the pavelski is it's like the they share the same I want to say brain, but personality that it's funny because you talk to Joe after a game and he's like, yeah, you know, this, that, the other, we got to go do this. And it's all matter of fact. And it just seems like Pete's the same way. And I find it interesting that the two can communicate so well. And then I think there's that line, you know, into the locker room through Jamie Ben and Pavelski and, and Ryan Suter, where, you know, they can get that information to the younger players and, it's just the whole organization feels that way right now that, you know, whatever happens, happens, we'll be fine. And, uh, you know, 
I, I, it's been a great thing. And as we go into this time of potential adversity, missing Miro, I think it could actually be a good thing for this team. It's because they've shown that they can handle stuff like this. And, and I think, you know, who knows where we'll emerge in three or four weeks if, if Miro's out that long, you know, could Nils Lundqvist be a completely different player uh, because of the way that these guys react to it? Uh, so I, I agree. I think that the, the coaching staff, their their message is very clear and, and very concise. I'm sometimes mentioned as the fifth muser. And <laughs> yes. at times I view Joe Pavelski as the sixth coach. Because <laughs> when, when you watch morning skates, he's essentially out there with you know, three, four, five other players and not just young guys. No. And he, he, you know, they're going through all the stuff that he's always gone through sort of a shooting tree and a uh, little bit of the tricks of the trade and around the net, just you know, the rhythm, the, the muscle memory, the touches as the players call it nowadays. Uh, you know, I think Tyler Sagan has benefited from that. Jamie Ben has been out there. His own uh, roommate, Wyatt Johnston's come out uh, recently. Ty Delandria has been out there a lot. Like it, he 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 acts like a bit of a you know. They've had other players through the years that yeah. have been like coaches, but Joe's certainly like that. I don't know what he wants to do when he's done actually winning hockey games for the club that he's playing for. But uh, he would he would be he's probably he's probably beyond putting in those hours most guys are after you know a career that spans maybe into the 40s uh it's more pick the groceries than cook the meals right yeah i think so i think front office is is the path for most he's getting top his coaching yayas out right now <laughs> yeah exactly he's the reggie dunlop of the dallas stars it's all i can tell you daryl is reference there thank you yes, tom mate. holy thank you tom holy yeah yeah. He was gift a recruiter, the, you know. Gift that gives, man. Gift that yep. gives. Uh, what are your hopes for 2024? That is a great question. Um, obviously, there is a an, uh, an increased expectation. And back in the day, back in the 98, 99, 2000, that team embraced it. They loved it. They wanted to be the favorites. And so I would love it if this team can get to that place where they're, you know, they have that swagger where they're going to say, you know what, bring on Colorado, bring on Vegas. We want, we want to play those teams uh, because there could be a really impressive playoff with the way Winnipeg's playing right now, with the way Colorado and Dallas are playing right now. You still got Vegas in the mix. Um, you know, who knows what LA could be. Uh, but I would really love it just to see that attitude. Cause I think as we talk about the Joe Pavelski's and Jamie Benz of the world, I think it's there. I think those guys want that. And then it just has to filter down to the rest of the crew and just, you know, to have that swagger to go in and say, you know what, bring it on. We, we want the best teams. And if, you know, if we're playing Winnipeg in the first round then you know, we're all for it. And if we're playing Colorado in the second round, let's go. Uh, so I, I just, I would love to see that kind of playoff run uh, because I, I think the potential is there this season. Yeah. Well, they went on a run last year and maybe some lessons learned from that to push them farther down the road. Uh, for me, that the, the stars win a central, I, I want to see them win the division. They haven't won a, a division while. in almost what a decade. Yeah. And, and I'd like to see that. I, I really would. I'd like to see a little more laundry go up to the rafters. And I want to see the team kiss the cup again. 
They haven't won a cup in 25 years. Seems like it's time to win another one. <laughs> and uh, and then one of the other things on a personal side, I want to see our tenuous TV situation find an amicable, mm. lucrative resolution for all parties involved, fans, owners, broadcasters, hockey department, sponsors, distributors. Uh, who else is involved in that? Players, yeah. parent, parents of players. Oh, yeah. Bars, aggregators. Streamers, OTAs, podcasters, everyone, all involved. That's one of my my true hope. What if it all comes together like that? That would be wonderful. What if it all comes together, Mike? Uh, my lovely daughter, hi, Meredith, uh, was sitting in the arena on New Year's Eve going like, so they want to move to a different arena? And I'm like, well, you know, the Mavericks are getting a new ownership. We'll see what happens and everything like that. But I, I would really like whatever happens to stay in American Airlines Center because I love that building. I think it's one of the classiest buildings in the league. And, you know, as we move forward with all the TV stuff and, all, you know, just everything, it would be really nice if, if everybody could come together and do whatever improvements they need and uh, make it work in American Airlines Center. It's just something I would like. Sound like a seventies Coca-Cola commercial all of a sudden there. Mike. I'd like to teach the <laughs> no, world. No, don't don't sing. sing. <laughs> don't sing. Uh in th- this will be an interesting run up to the all-star break. And it's a lengthy break at the end of the month. It's like nine days between games, right? Yeah. Which is wonderful. It's gonna allow guys to go uh, get some apricity on the beaches uh wherever they want to go, uh, and get a break from from the grind. But as is always the case, when you get that much time off in the middle of a season, whether it's a break with a with a bye week, and that's essentially what it is. The NHL's done a good job of combining those uh, together, so it's a true break. And uh, Olympic breaks and all that is in order to do that. They condense the schedule, and yes. man, it is a march uh, toward March afterward. Uh, for the start, playing all over the place. I, I wrote it all down in my calendar. I wrote it very neatly in my calendar, Mike, because I still do it by hand. Uh, and I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of games coming up and a lot of travel and a, a lot of uh, water to travel under the bridge before we even get near the stretch run. And hopefully, uh, like I stated, a Central Division title and maybe – uh, an epic run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. I mean, it's it, again we talk about the adversity they'll have to go through now. Yeah, you know the yeah. adversity they went through and very well with you know having to ride yes. Scott Wedgwood. Uh, so I, I do I agree it's going to be difficult, but it's everybody's going through it, and and the hope is that this organization and this you know group of players has the gumption to to just eat this up and spit it out. Because uh, I do think that's a possibility that they, you know, whatever adversity there's out there, they have the ability to, you know, to not just handle it, but to actually succeed. I get the sense, do you too, that, that they like the challenge, like they embrace yeah. the the challenge. And it was a pretty big challenge when, when Jake Ottinger went out and you're like, okay, uh, you know, the... We're fully confident in Scott Wedgwood because of what he's done in very spot duty, though. What is it going to be like when we have to go, you know, same thing? And the the schedule fell perfectly so that 
Wedgie could get some rest in between games. They could just roll with him. He played uh, extremely well. Things got a little squirrely at times uh, late last night and in some games. And But for the most part, my God, what more would you want out of a, a backup stepping in and, and filling that role for three weeks, you know, almost a month worth of it? You've seen other teams just completely lose their swagger when, when something like that happens, whether it's the goaltender or another position, but they, they've shown that they have terrific depth up front. They've shown that they have really good depth and goal. And now we're going to find out what, what that depth on defense looks like here over the next little bit uh, without Miro. And, but it's, as you, you made a good point, it's, it's a great opportunity uh, for Thomas Harley to continue on and for Nils Lundqvist to, you know, maybe be an every uh, game guy and and grow some confidence in in his game and, and everybody else uh, that's going to uh, be playing here going forward. So uh, yeah, you you hope it's a good thing, right? A little adversity yeah. along the trail pays off down the road. Well, and I thought the coaching staff tweaked things really well last night when they went with you know three forwards in overtime. Uh, they were running five forwards in power play today. So as much as you you know we'll look at the defenseman and say, hey, we can do this, we can do that. I think the the fact they have such great forward depth could actually help in yep. certain special situations. Yeah, you're almost sending a message to the guys on the back end. Look, we're going to save your energy and your focus for defending. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> let's, let's about. Let's keep this under five. <laughs> don't don't worry about the other. You guys defend. We'll help you out with that and uh, and buzz around with with forwards there. So uh, hey, look, it makes it in, in your words very interesting. It does. Uh, going going they do forward make it interesting. To, to see how it goes. More of these uh, divisional. Tilt's upcoming, an epic rematch with those Nashville Predators after what went on there. <laughs> That'll be interesting tomorrow. But well, uh, you look anything at just else the next got? two. I mean, that yeah, Nashville team's going to be fired up. Then they go up to Minnesota, and Minnesota's dealing with injuries and everything. But no, you know, more Jake than might with play injuries. that game. Who who can tell? I mean, it's like every night there's another exciting yes, story to yes, follow. Mike, that's what, and that's what makes professional sports so great. Yeah. Is that we have a season long storyline driven uh, drama to cover uh, with the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs and all the other stuff. So that's why we're still doing this, Mike. That's why people are out there listening. I'm binging the Dallas Stars this year. You are? (laughs) I'm binging them. Wow. Every night it's a new game, new episode. Are you you trying to sound hip? I'll, I'll finish off sounding really hip this this uh, podcast then my summation as we go bravely into the breach of 2024 i think i might have said this before too but i will underscore it never before has a generation so diligently recorded themselves accomplishing so little i look forward to thousands if not millions more images from hockey players across the National Hockey League, really all leagues involved, coming and going in knit toques with coffee vessels in hand. That is what I'm looking forward to. And hey, kids, stay off of Daryl's lawn. Oh, you're not doing that to me. No, you're not. That was fun. That's fun. You were making fun of the younger generation. 
I embrace I embrace the use of use of this world. It, it's not it's not just hockey. We've we've created this thing, and look, I applaud it. I don't I don't consume it, but I do applaud it that they've made walking into an arena a thing. They've made, they've made eating a lunch a thing. <laughs> hey, look, here's my lunch. They, but they Aren't all you interested? Like, 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 look at look at the stuff guys wear in the NFL and the NBA on the way in. Yeah. Like it used to be, who cared? Nobody got a, until you walked out for warm up, and it's warm up. There's no S on it, people. I'll go more on the lawn. I'm going to stand firmly on my lawn here, Mike. It, you wear warm ups, you have warm up, you conduct warm up. It's a warm up. And where do you dress, Daryl? It's not plural, it's not warm ups. Do, do you dress in the locker room? You dress in the dressing room. <laughs> you, that's where you put your gear on. If you go around the corner where you take your underwear off when it's soaked, you're gaunch. That can be the locker room. You can lock up your valuables in there, but you don't lock up valuables in the dressing room. Now, what if, you're <laughs> what if you're offsides on a play, Daryl? <laughs> it's offsides. There's no plural. <laughs> Sevy went on a rant the other day about it. I loved it. Anyway. He's an old man, that that Daryl. <laughs> that's all I got. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my daughter to to uh record me uh, walking out of the house with my coffee mug here in just a second with that with, with your on. Lululemons on. No, just a toque. Just a toque. Okay. That one kills me too. I love I love the modern player. It could be we could be in California. We could be in Arizona. It could be 105 toques on. On their way out, got that toque on. I love it. We used to have to, we used to have to actually comb our hair back in the day. We had a lot more hair, but we used to comb it, Mike. Nowadays, they don't even have to. They just stick a little little knit beanie on, and away they go. <laughs> I wanted to see old Daryl Ray in there with the the hair dryer blowing it all back in glorious lion fashion. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of product involved too. It's flow <laughs> salad, man. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. And, and Mike, thanks for being present and being I'm here. here. I'm here for you. Man, you are you are working so hard. It's a real uh, blue-collar effort that you're putting in day in and day out. And I think everybody here on the Podman Rush appreciates that. So uh, thank you for your diligence. And uh, we'll be back with another one a little more frequently, I believe, after our, our respite. Uh, but I, I think we've we've covered as much as, as we possibly can here as we get set for a couple more divisional tilts and working our way toward all-star break at the end of the month. Mike, courage. Love you, Tom. You've been on the Podman Rush with Razor Ray and Mike Ica, presented by Kingsville Brewery, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Jordan, we're done. The kids are not going to like us. Hey, Stars fans. This is Scott Wedgwood. Get your daily stars fix by following the Dallas Stars on X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's the best place for team news, behind-the-scenes content, and epic moments you won't want to miss. 
One state, one team, Texas hockey.